It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. You're listening to BGN Radio. Westbrook dangerous every time he has his hands on the football. Westbrook takes it, looks for running room, up to the 25, the 30, to the 35, 40, 45 midfield, 45, 40, 45, 40, Brian Westbrook, he's going, he's gone, touchdown, Brian Westbrook, 84 yards, no penalty flags, I don't believe it. Brian Westbrook has just exploded, and with 116 remaining, this place is in a state of shock. All right, welcome back. It's Tuesday. You know what time it is. It's time to go to the upper room. <laughs> the next level podcast on BGN Radio. I am Teron Davenport at T Davenport underscore NFL. And I'm here with my man, the guy up front who makes things happen. Barrett Brooks. Yes, sir. B. Brooks 72 CSN. So here's the deal. Big trade happened last week. We definitely are going to talk about that. And that's going to lead us right into the receivers. So just jumping right off the off the gun. Great trade. Great trade. Yo, how is Howie doing this, man? Howie Roseman is, has become one of the upper-level GMs in the league at this point, man. For him to articulate these trades, getting a starting corner at the beginning of the season, when it's, they're few and far between. It goes quarterback, and then it gets left tackles, and then you have uh-huh. starting corners as far yeah. as hardest position one, two, to fill. Yep. You know, usually you fill those positions through the draft. But for him to orchestrate this trade was unbelievable. I tell you what, I'm as big of an advocate – of Jordan Matthews as anyone. You know, he's a great guy. He's probably probably my favorite person to talk to in the locker room. But you have to be objective. This was a great deal. You look at it, they were going to lose Jordan Matthews after this year anyway. Absolutely. It was, he'd have been a 11 to 12 million dollar guy. Yeah, no question. Exactly. You look at what Kenny Britt was able to get with Kenny Stills. There's or no Macklin. doubt. Or Macklin. There's no doubt that Jordan was going to get that type of number. They can't afford to do that and keep – uh, Jeffrey, as well as Timmy Jernigan. So 
in essence, what they did was flip a third-round pick for a guy who's, what, 23 years old? 23 years old. One of the most talented corners. Athletically, speed. Athletic-wise, in the league. And then he's good for the next two years for under $3 million. Unbelievable. That's stealing. I'll take that any day. I think that was a great trade. You've already seen the difference. Even just talking to Torrey Smith, talking to Alshon, talking to Aguilar, there's a difference. Well, Aguilar hasn't gone against him, but he still is there to to watch. But there's a difference as far as the cornerback room is concerned. They look a lot better at corner. And that has caused other guys, Rasul Douglas, Jalen Mills, you know, these guys have to elevate their game. So it's interesting how the whole competition thing within the corner room is making guys step up, just like the competition in the receiver room made the no receiver question. step up. No, and, and the offensive line. Once one guy gets elevated and now you have somebody in there that's even better, now you have to pick up the pace. Now you have to go out there, all right, this is the direction we're going. Oh, I got to step my game up. Mm-hmm. I can't be the low man on the totem pole. Yeah. And that's what happened. Ronald Darby, coming out of Florida State, was one of the most talented DBs in his draft. Talking about speed, athleticism. He is a man-to-man corner. But I tell you what, I think he's more on the Sante Samuels level being one of the best zone coverage corners that money could buy right now. I tell you, it's interesting you mentioned that. And and the thing is, he has ball skills, right? Right. But the right. ball skills that he has aren't the kind that pick the ball off. They break up the pass. Right. But still allowing him to play off you know, off the ball and, and break on the ball, his click and close is stupid. That's in there, exactly. And an example of that was yesterday. They were in goal line, uh, team period. I saw and the same play. You know what I'm talking about, man. They they Shh. threw that slant. And the way he just a double chopped. slant at that exactly a double exactly. slant so to pull the safety away with the with the inside slant pull the safety away he has an outside he has a cover outside and, and inside yeah. so you you can't be as risky but that's the thing I love about him that confidence that he has because he knows that he could recover he believes that he could, he could undercut a route like that and that shows a lot of nuts to be honest with you no to, question to undercut a route without that safety help over exactly. top and that's the thing a, a lot of you have to understand that when you guys, you know, hear us say it's a double slant because on that inside slant, that safety has to go. He has to right? be inside to make sure they don't throw it right in at the at the at the closest to the quarterback. Throwing the two receiver closest to the quarterback, he has to cover that, and he doesn't have enough time to get back and cover the other inside slant. So basically, that corner is on an island by himself, covering inside and outside, mm-hmm. all by his lonesome. And and there's no help. So to be able to reach in there, break it up, avoid the pass interference call. I mean, obviously there weren't refs there, but you still practice the way right, you right. play in, in games. And there was clearly no contact, and he got his hand in there. And I tell you what, a little bit sooner, that's a pick six. No question. So this is what you're getting. And like my guy Emery Hunt says from Football Game Plan, I'll always take a corner that could pick off slants. And he's 100% right. And you look at some of the guys, you, you know, Aaron Glenn, you know, Antoine Winfield. These are all those, those, Revis. those Revis too, you know, those shorter, squatty guys that have tremendous quickness. And that's what Darby brings to the table. So, yeah. without a doubt, that's a win for them. But a lot of people talking about the third pick. They wouldn't necessarily throw it in the third pick. And they wouldn't necessarily. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that they, they traded the most productive receiver they had on the team. They're number one. And that's the way mm-hmm. I have to think of it. If you if you ask me, why do I think the trade is good? Number one is because they got 
a number one receiver already in Alshon Jeffries. Right. So I'm not just looking at him just being the slot guy. He was the number one um, receiver last year. I didn't look at him as being the number one slot guy. So they already replaced him as a number one receiver when they get brought in Alshon Jeffries. And then they brought the addition to Smith. So whoever is going to lock in on that, on that, on that, um, on his role, I, I don't. It, it, to me, it's water under the bridge because, you know, okay, he's a slot receiver, but he was the number one receiver, and we already replaced him. And it's going to be really a, a committee type of approach, right? You, you look at right. they released the unofficial uh, depth chart heading into this game against the Bills on Thursday, and who's on the top there? That's right, my son, Nelson <laughs> Aguilar. <laughs> but, you know, he gives you a different – and this is something I talked to Wentz. I mean, we obviously know, but I wanted to get Wentz to talk about this. And he talked about the way Alshon will threaten a, a defense more vertically because of his ability to, to get upfield. Now, granted, Jordan could run that seam route, but Jordan Matthews coming down the seam to a safety is a little bit different from Nelson Aguilar coming down the scene. Man, no so question. that's something that, that's going to help them. And also you have the catch and run ability that you get out of Nelson Aguilar. But looking at some of the other guys. Well, hold on. When you, when you add to that, imagine a safety looking at a guy like Nelson Aguilar who has top-end speed as opposed to and a guy quicks. like, you know, you could, you could fade over a little bit with Matthews as opposed to Nelson. Nelson is on you so quick. So you could kind of lean over towards Alshon um, Jeffrey. Mm. On the outside, well, with 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 your, with your son in there, Nelson Aguilar, you can't lean. You have to respect that seam. You have to stay inside of there and watch number two as opposed to fading out to number one. And the thing that's interesting with that, and you saw it in in one on ones. Now, granted, this is just in, in uh, shells, red zone, yep. and yeah, in shells. But you saw the quickness, the ability to sell routes. There is a reason why Malcolm Jenkins was so pissed off right. on that third rep. That's because Nelson shook the bejesus out of him. And, and I, look, I, I really like Malcolm as a player. No that, question. He's don't a, get he, me wrong. He was the best corner on the team last week. And, and, a, and a top five safety in my yep. book. So when you look at what he showed there as a safety in space, he could look you in the eye. And this is something our coaches used to teach us. You know, you look the safety in the eye. And once you look him in the eye, you lean this way. He's just naturally going to turn that way, and that's going to give you nothing but air and opportunity here. Yep. The same thing is going to work for the opposite side. So now you got a safety really not knowing what you're going to do and has to respect the speed and quickness that Nelson Aguilar possesses. So that's going to open things up. And another thing that's interesting in the slot, they, they ran, and I saw this twice yesterday and once today, they ran trips. And to that trip side, Torrey Smith was number two. Yes. And – with that, they had Tory. The first time they did it, they had Tory just just run a, a seam route, just just go, and he ran by. I forget who. I think it was Grimes. He ran by Grimes, and Carson overshot him just slightly. But now all of a sudden, that DB and anybody else who's watching that DB knows in that, that spot. They know. Oh shoot, they will take that shot. Exactly. So what happened today? Actually, yeah, it was today. What happened today? You saw Tory run that go route, cleared out that whole thing. What was coming underneath? Alshon on the dig. Exactly. And that was the pass that he caught on C.J. Smith. 10-10-10 situation, but you still saw how they kind of worked off of that speed and how that opens up underneath. And then you see the young quarterback developing also and understanding, all right, we beat them with this before. They watch film. Mm -hmm. So now we have to watch it. And, and, and don't get me wrong. You know, Nelson has a lot to prove. But even – 
the, since he's been here, he's still been the best route runner and one of the yeah. quickest route runners on the team. He just couldn't finish the deal. Maybe this year he can go in and finish the deal as far as catching a rock. But there's no question his speed and ability to get open is there. He's open. Let's just hope he finishes the deal. Call it what you want, but Mike Quick said that Nelson is the most talented receiver on this team. No and I know everybody's going to go to Alshon, and and you know Alshon is is really good. Don't get me wrong. He's he's made his he's made his his money down there. DBs have to put their their chains away and take their watches off when Debo is out there on right. over top of the numbers. <laughs> That's how it works. But Aguilar is a more talented player. Just when it comes to uh, uh, the Total physical packer, skill yes. set, it's here. Yep. So we're not going to make this the Nelson Aguilar podcast. This is the, the next level podcast. So too late. We'll, we'll move on. <laughs> There's still time. You guys know that I, I could talk about Nelson for days. That's why I call him my son because I'm proud of him. But uh, what other options do you look at as far as how you could fill that that hole that Jordan Matthews as a physical big target working in the middle of the field? Well, I mean that's you're going to have to go in with a guy like. Marcus Johnson. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't see Mac Hollins as a guy that can go in the slot. I think he kind of runs um, – he's, he's very, very fast. But his change direction isn't one that you can be in that slot yeah. and really change directions inside of there. So I think he's going to continue to be an outside. But a guy like Marcus Johnson can be a slot receiver if you allow him a chance to be out there. I mean, he could probably be there. And then you got to go with guys like Pumphreys and Ertz after mm-hmm. that. I don't see necessarily you find a receiver with the exception of Nelson who could, you know, rack up the yardage inside there um, like, a you know, like, you know, Matthews left. You I know, don't see it. You know who I think is going to benefit the most from all of this? Trey Burton. Now, what, has had a great camp. Had an awesome camp. He had a great camp last last year too. Yeah, and yeah, I remember yeah. early in camp, I went up to him. And, and, you know, I, I I said, "I'm gonna start calling you a play a day, Trey," and he started <laughs> laughing about that. And I tell you, when you watch him, his ability—I'm not saying it's on the same level, but I'm saying what he brings to that offense is similar to what a fellow Gator in in this division brings to the Washington Redskins, and that's Jordan Reed. Now, again, he's not as explosive as Jordan Reed, but his ability to dominate in the slot is there. Oh, no question. No question. And I don't see necessarily, like I said, a receiver doing it. But if you look at him, man, his route running has gotten mm-hmm. a lot better. He is so confident in what he brings to yes, the table now. exactly. His confidence. It seemed like once he took that nasty 47 off, and now it's 88. <laughs> Now he's balling, you know what I'm saying? He got that 88, boy. <laughs> yes, sir, 88. <laughs> he got 88. And, he, I mean, he looks like a receiver out there. Yeah. He looks like – now, I don't know what he's doing in the run game, if he's he's blocking in the run game. But he gives you big playability in that seam, in that middle of the field, because I don't see a linebacker that can stick with him one-on-one. I can't see it. I mean, he's a matchup nightmare. It one day now going to – I mean, can you imagine him going into 12 personnel? That's one running back two tight ends, and you have Ertz on one side, and then you have him on the other side. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, pick your poison. Who are you going to drop down on? You going to put a linebacker on him? He's going to kill him. You put a linebacker on the other side, Ertz is going to kill him. You got to put a safety on him, or you put a safety on him, now the size advantage takes him. He's been controlling the red zone all camp. Imagine, imagine they do that 12 personnel, right? Ace formation. 
with Pumphrey or Sproles in the backfield. 22 personnel. When you go 22, two running backs and two tight ends, that means you have one receiver. Now, as a defense and a defensive-minded coach, mm. you have to put your heavy personnel out there. Exactly. This is a heavy rundown. With those two tight ends and two running backs, they can easily run the ball in between the tackles. And, and see, here's the thing. You could dictate what you want to do to the defense. You could dictate not only what you want to do, but how th- their personnel that they bring in the game. Exactly. Because when you do that, you know, naturally, as you said, you're going to match up, you, you know, especially in, in run situations, likely running situations. Man, they come in with, with that big package. You have Ertz in that ace, ace formation, you know, Ertz and Burton right there. Uh, line up in the box. Outside, in yep. the box, outside of the tackles. Exactly. They bring the, the linebackers in, and, and what do you do? Lance, check, check, check. They shift. Go outside. To the slot. And put either Pumphreys, or they could put Sproles in, in the slot, or, or, or be that third receiver. So now you have Sproles, Ertz, and Alshon out here mm-hmm. on this side over here. You got them all by his lonesome sitting there. You don't you don't look at them, but Trey Burton as a tight end one on one against a safety or a linebacker. You're creating the matchup you want, and that's the thing when you look at this offense. You have to be excited about with the personnel no because I, I tell you, if I if I was a linebacker, I'm not gonna say I'd be shook because you never get shook. But if I was a linebacker, I'd be like, damn. I got a job ahead of me this week <laughs> when I'm going against the, the Eagles because you got Pumphrey, Sproles, you got Ertz. you got Ertz, Burton. These are all guys, four guys that create my matchup problems against you. And you all know? these guys are sub four six guys that can run with when most linebackers run four sevens, four sixes. Now you have a guy that's two hundred and sixty pounds, two hundred fifty pounds, running like that. And have the body in the lean, you know, lean on a little bit and pop outside, running a slant on the mm-hmm, backside mm-hmm. and outrunning your linebacker. Yeah. You know, and, or Debo on a safety, pushing the safety down and going up for the catch. I tell you, I, I would I would set Burton and whoever it is on the outside, I, I would run smash all day. <laughs> That'd hit, be ridiculous. Hitch, you know, hitch corner all day, man. Let let Burton, like you said, either in line or flex. As a matter of fact, I would frequently like this. I, I would have I would have Ertz. You know, I'll run my 12 personnel. I would have Ertz on the line. I would have Burton flanking him. And then I, I would have my receiver, whoever you want, Aguilar. I could go out there in, in, in this situation <laughs> because all I'm doing is taking a hard step off the ball and turning back to the quarterback to pull that, that corner up. And he has respected. And then once he stops for a second – those guys have enough speed to get up on a nine route, get up on that safety so quick that now somebody's open, pick your poison. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Run smashes. You can run all that, bro. All guys, that. this is something that we were talking about today on Twitter. What are the advantages and disadvantages between sticking, say, Jordan Matthews in the slot and Trey Burton in the slot? Well, I think the advantages, it goes back to what we said before, is you know coaches typically try to match personnel for personnel. So when you have Burton – in the game, you're more likely to get that linebacker in there, and that's going to create that matchup problem. But then it goes back to what we said. You have a, a, a DB in there, a safety, or if, if you're daring enough to put your number three corner on, on Trey Burton, now it, it's just, it's a matchup that you know, you're born to lose. Right. I mean, look at, look at red zone. And, and the past couple weeks of red zone, Burton has been balling mm-hmm. in, that, in, the, in the slot one-on-one. 
Did, did you see? It's so funny. We're talking about Smash that you bring up yesterday. Did you see what Wentz, Wentz did? I don't know if you caught it, but they were in goal line, right? And, and sure enough, Wentz, he looked. Check, check, check. <laughs> you saw him look at Burton. Burton looked back. Alshon ran that hard slant. Oh, yeah, yeah, in the post-corner. corner. Yep, <laughs> post-corner, I saw that. Stealing. Yep. And, and, and the thing was, because how big of a threat Alshon is, as far as using that body to get inside, McLeod had to stay there. He so had those couple to. steps, gave, look, I'm getting so excited, I'm banging the mic, man. He had to I'm pull sorry, up. I get hype about this. But those couple steps, that that that, that free step right there prevented him. Because if you notice, McLeod was late getting over well, there. And then when when he ran a route, too, he kind of bended a little bit yeah. inside. He bended inside mm-hmm. and then took off over, over his shoulder. And it was like taking candy away from baby because – Cloud had to say he he had to sit there. He had to just hop for a second. He had to hop because he couldn't take a direction which way he could go because he had to stop. He had to stop Alshon on the inside because he's a big enough threat in the red zone. Yeah. He had to respect that. But Burton so fast got up on him so fast that when he bent inside, he took that one step. And once he took that one step, it was over with because he took that post corner touchdown all day. All day. And you see, and you know, you know, it's bad. Bad. We say I, I hate that it was our starting DBs that they did it against. But you see him with their hands up like this. Yeah, well, yeah. Who, who, who had you know? Yep. <laughs> you know what there, I'm there was the, the exchanges. It was it wasn't, and that's the thing I like that also that you're seeing. They're they're using a lot more uh, bunch, right? You know, right. and that's bunch something I wanted yeah. to see last year. Because I won a Super like, Bowl with running bunch personnel. Uh, I bet I you with, did with with yeah. with the Steelers. Randall L. working. We had working Randall out L. Of that bunch. Cedric Wilson, two short receivers that were quick, fast, and then you had your boy Miller, Heath Miller, in the uh, middle of the bunch. And he was fast enough to get over the top and uh-huh. run those post corners, and they run double slants or, or smash routes on the outside, bro. Cedric Wilson's underrated, man. Yeah, he I, was, I remember man. I, I used to love him in San Francisco on the no opposite question. side with uh, Tennessee uh, guy uh, with T.O. Yep. With T.O. and also they had uh, Streets, Ty Streets, yep. man. Yep. Going back to the Mariucci straight, days. Straight speed out there, yeah, man. Nothing but speed, Straight man. speed, Nothing man. but speed. So speaking of speed, I mean, there's – we talked about Marcus Johnson, four three seven guy, but there's a couple burners uh, on on this team that ha- have really come along. Shelton Gibson had a, a tough start. He had a tough rookie camp. A, a tough rookie camp. He dropped a few balls initially, and, and what happened? Everybody, know? oh, he can't he, play. He's not a good player. He's in over his head. And, and what did we say? Just. Let it take its course. And what have you seen over the last week? Now, granted, I know he had a drop in the Packers game, but what have you seen over this past week? This dude has caught everything that come came his way, and he's not catching it with the one and the eight anymore. He's catching it with his hands. Yep. And that's yep. confidence. So you see that confidence just, just increasing as he has settled in. And this is something he told me it happened in high school. He said it happened at West Virginia. And you see it happening now. And I think he's really put himself in a position, especially with the trade, to be uh, on the 53 man. Well, if you look at it, you know, you, you got to get used to the speed of the game. When you're so conditioned to running three routes, mm-hmm. and now you have to open up a repertoire, totally different way of how you think going into a game. We talk about route running. Nelson Aguilar was the most polished receiver coming out of the draft because he ran the whole route tree. Well, Gibson didn't run a whole route tree. He ran go routes, (laughs) deep ends, you know, long developing plays, but they just looked like they were long. He was just so fast that he could run those plays. 
And there was never a question if he could catch or not. It was more so when you're thinking and running at the same time. You this you got to understand, this kid was counting out steps. Yeah. Instead of it coming naturally to him, he was counting out steps when he was running his route. So, so not, not running fast. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so you can't run fast, number one. Number two, you're thinking about your route as opposed to in the play as opposed to catching the ball. Yep. Now, once he started learning, okay, then once he get a feel for the routes and once it started getting second nature to him, now he's doing the little things, bending in and out, leaning on guys mm-hmm. coming off, you know. You now get in he's in that know, groove. Exactly. Now he's staring at the staring at the DB right in his face and running up on him, running up on his toes, and then making a move because he knows now where he needs to be at in the offense. Once you know where you need to be in the offense, things start coming natural to you. Now you're thinking more about all right, I'm ready to play the game as opposed to, all right, how many steps do I got to take? Right. Uh, we're still out the little t- turnover. Uh, I can't catch the ball with my body. I got to catch it with my hand. Those are all it things just, running through a rookie's mind. It just comes naturally. You know? What do you, you got, JB? Well, just going to remind everybody that the Next Level Podcast right here on BGN Radio and BGNRadio.com is brought to you by the Next Level app. It's the ClipIt.com. ClipIt TV for your phones, for your Android, for your Apple, wherever it is that you have they have it for you. You can make 30-second high HD clips from live television. Vine is dead, folks. Doesn't exist anymore. So if you want to grab your favorite games, your favorite shows, and uh, share them on Facebook, share them on Twitter, share them on your blog post, Clip It is where it is at. Uh, yeah, again, from live TV up to the moment, all the way back to two hours, it is Clip It at Clip It TV, Clip it TV for if more you information. Clip it. We'll break it down to you. We'll tell you about the smash out. We'll tell you about how you can high low DBs. We'll tell you about how DBs can get up in your stuff, play man to man, get up on them tight, and just run with them. What's the difference between a cover corner and a man to man corner or a bump and run corner? They're all different type of techniques that some guys could do, some guys can't do it. We'll tell you what. We'll tell you, Ronald Darby, he can do it all. He's fast enough that he can. You know, after getting beat, he can get over back over the top, recover, and make a play. This is a really good DB, and I think he'll fit good in this Coast Force system. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to fit. And you look at the looks that they're they're giving, uh, a lot of man looks. And we kind of talked about this, how the personnel before limited what Schwartz was able to do. Call a spade a spade, bro. You call a spade a spade. And now, now, look. <laughs> you you you, do, you don't right. have to you don't have to do cover two shell all, all the time you, you know what I mean now you can have that safety roam free and lean more towards the right side where Jalen Mills is you could because you got a guy and you saw it the first couple of days the first the second day that that he was there I haven't seen any DB line up on the line of scrimmage face to face. With Torrey Smith. I haven't seen it all, Ken. Me neither. Me neither. But you saw it. And Wentz, and I, I applaud him for doing it because you got to take advantage of when you have a shot, you got to take advantage. He looked over, saw that, and went to Torrey. But what happened? Undercut it. Pick. That was, an, that was one of the plays. But then the other one, he just turned and ran with him. Step oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was, that was in the, the middle. I'm talking about in the red zone. When oh, he the had red pick. Yeah, he, yeah. He undercut and had a pick, yeah. Yep. And then you, you talk about, and I know we're supposed to be talking about receivers, but this acquisition is, is so good for the secondary. And I, I think even though it's getting a lot of hype, it's it's actually underrated. Oh, no question. Because as you mentioned, Darby is the type of player that can do it all, right? The Mac Hollins train is, is 
that that thing is is on like the third stop. It's it left the station a long time ago, <laughs> right? right? Six four two twenty, whatever he is. They're in one on ones. It's a situation that's built for the receiver to win. The receivers were killing the DBs. Jalen Mills got a pass breakup, but then Mac Hollins comes out. He's feeling himself after that double stiff arm touchdown that he had against Green Bay. He's smiling feeling himself, smiling, yeah, 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 thinking yeah. that the, the league is a country club it's now. Great. It's all gravy. Now you're lining up against a corner, a, a top flight corner. He tried that, you know, get off the ball, corner the end zone, body him up. Darby was giving up five inches. Who came down with the ball? No question. Darby. And if, and if you look at it, he was running with him. He boom, 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 boom. So he's like, oh, you still here. Yep. Now we're talking about guys like, I mean, Jalen Mills has definitely played. I mean, if you talk about the guy that has that has really, you know, jumped over and, and, and become that corner, that we, a starting corner on this team, Jalen mm-hmm. Mills is definitely, you know, his confidence is there. His ability to run with receivers is there. His knowledge of how to play the defense is there. He understands where he's supposed to be. Um, you know, he's always talking to his coach, hey, how can I play that better? You know, how can I get this, you know, how can I play this route? He is getting a lot better, and you can tell he's going to be one of the better corners in the league um, for on this team, I'm sorry, one of the better corners on this team because he wants to be good. He wants to be great. He wants to play. He need to leave that finger down. Leave that finger alone, boy, until you start really making plays. <laughs> Leave that finger alone, but you know. But he's been playing well enough that he's feeling confident in his speed, confident in his ability to cover receivers. But this this acquisition of of of, of you know Darby has really put this team on another level because now, like you said, you can bring a safety over. You can kind of lean a safety over a little bit and understand that Darby can go one on one over on the other side. Yeah, and along with that, you could drop one of your say Malcolm Jenkins tackles like a linebacker. You no know, question. He's best when he's sitting back there. Analyzing the play, watching the play develop. He's watching a film that he sees that. He sees the play developing. He understands it's a wheel route going for the running back, and they're trying to isolate the running back on the linebacker. So what does he do? He beats the linebacker over there to make a play. That's mm-hmm. exactly what they need yep. him to do. Yep. That's the type of player he is. And that's that's one of the advantages that they have. But uh, getting back to the receivers, we talked a little bit about Shelton Gibson. You know, I, I think there's a good chance they keep six receivers. Aguilar, Alshon, Torrey, Matt Collins. Now, there's two spots left, right? And we talked about Marcus Johnson, who I think is a very underrated player. Yep. I hope that he plays on Thursday. I think it's, it's a, a crime that this guy's momentum got stopped the way it did with yep. that hamstring injury. And this is something that happened last year with the quad. So I'm going to put him in the mix. We talked about him. We talked about Shelton Gibson and how he showed the, the, the ability to put some of the past things behind him and, and move forward. I think that says a lot about him as a person and, and also as a football player. But the guy, about the quarterback. The guy, <laughs> the guy that we haven't talked about is Bryce Treggs. And oh, oh, what, you, when, direction. There you go. Yeah, and, and when when I was on, uh, I'll talk about Ward as football. Ward Ward has been outstanding too, but I think he's more of a practice squad guy. Yeah, I, I think yeah. they could. Pass he's still him a quarterback still. That's why I yeah. say he's still a quarterback. And he, I mean, he played one year receiver at Houston. But you're right; it takes a bit to shed that quarterback mindset. Yep. And you know, another guy doing that is David Watford, who's played well also. And I think he'll probably be on a big body. Yeah, I told him. And it's funny, I gave him a homework assignment last year. I said, I want you to uh, to go and, and, and watch Tony Martin. 
He's a guy that converted okay, yeah. from the quarterback from yep. Mesa Community College, converted the quarterback with the Chargers. And I told him to watch him. And because Martin was a really sound route runner, yeah, no know, question. Him and guy, Say, Mark Say, that yeah. had a pretty good team. Yeah, exactly. And with Jefferson too. Yep, yep. But um, Treggs though, man, he's a polished receiver. I've been impressed with the way he's able to track the football, which is something I saw at Cal. But also the explosiveness. What have you seen from Treggs, and do you feel that he has a shot for that sixth, fifth, or sixth receiver position? Well, what I've seen is he can't be denied. He went out there and auditioned for 31 other teams, mm-hmm. not just for the Eagles. He's making it hard for them to say, okay, we can't have you on the squad because he understands that this eye in the sky does not lie. Yeah, I'm going against guys, okay, if they're second, third, fourth, whatever they are, they're in the game, so I'm giving them everything you can handle. Yep. I'm talking about he was shaking guys. He had guys that were playing off five, six yards, and by – Almost the end of the game, they went from five, six yards to maybe nine, <laughs> ten yards away from him. And he's still running by him. That's what speed does for you. You can't coach speed. Speed mm-hmm. is something you have, man, and this kid has it, man. And his ability now to bring his route running in, into it also and his development and understanding where he needs to be at and have the, co- have the um, quarterback call plays for him, Yeah, those plays were called for him yep. because he showed enough in practice, showed enough in the early part of the game that he's a playmaker. So what does a quarterback go, shoot, I'm not throwing it over there. I'm throwing it over here. Well, this guy's making plays. I'm trying to pad my stats. You know what I'm saying? I want to make some plays, so let me go ahead and throw it up to Bryce. He's going to go get it. I'm going to give him every opportunity, and that's exactly what he's doing. By all means, and you you touch on the route running, and and that's something, you know, the the kid has spent his life as a receiver. His father played wide wide receiver. So you have a guy who has learned the position, and it shows, and that's something we talked about last year. Uh, He and I talked a lot about that and just his ability to to understand the position, understand route concepts. People don't understand it. You have to understand the position, understand how you fit in the offense, man. That's that's something people don't really think about, you know, what conceptually you have to be and how you have to play the game, man. You know, I'm glad you said that. And and that's something that hurt. And I'm not making an excuse for Aguilar. Because, look, man, bottom line, he has not produced. No question. So don't yep. get don't get me wrong. But that's something that hurt Aguilar. I, I remember talking – one of the first conversations I had with him was about that offense. And he, he told me about Chip Kelly's offense. And he told me, he said, man, I felt like I was running routes with no purpose. There weren't any concepts. We, we didn't have any, any true one route working to help another. We were just kind of just you see that all day, just yes. doing it. Yes, you see so it all day you, now. Yeah, but and now you see that everything has a purpose. We talked about the seam route with the the dig coming underneath. That's a concept. That's a package that that's put in, in there. So when you look at Treggs, in addition to understanding the the offense, understanding his role as a receiver in the passing game, and I'm sure you could appreciate this because you won a championship with a guy named Himes Ward. As a receiver. Slow as and pine water. Slow as pine, but you know what? Tough as nails. Yep. And one of the best blocking receivers to ever play the game. No question. Bryce Treg showed me something in that Packers game. And they say they might find him and oh, because the the safe the the, the defender didn't know what was coming. Well, you know what? You gotta keep your head on your swivel. <laughs> no question. That was a clean hit. And I'll tell you, I remember we used to, we used to run that a lot back in school, man. It was 68 toss crack, and I would line up on the outside and motion in. And they had a they had a uh, before they tossed it, 
the, the running back would take that step this way to get the linebacker flowing that way. By the time he turned this way, right there. You right there. And that, that was, was my Hines. opportunity to get back. That's what that Hines did. Hines. That's what Bryce Treggs did on, on, on Thursday. And, yep. and I just like I, I was so excited watching that because <laughs> you want to see a receiver take the opportunity to have that get back. No question. Now you coming downhill, he don't even see you and you get to light him up. Mom, you mm-hmm. need that, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I didn't been, to, I, been, I didn't had that happen to me before. You know, I was playing in, in Detroit, and the worst hit I ever had, man, was a little bitty DB. In fact, I'm still looking for it. A Rondé Barber. Every time I looked at him, he used to laugh. We played him twice a year. He'd be, <laughs> well, hey, you know, Charlie Batch threw a pick, and when he threw the pick, right, I was alignment of taught. When you turn around, you see the pick. Grab the first defensive alignment opposite jersey, and grab him and run with him so you don't get crack blocked. Man, I turned around. I didn't have anybody to grab. So I see uh, I see the DB running this way. And as he's running, I'm running. And he comes and he hit me. I'm talking about he tattooed me. Clean the clock. Bam. <laughs> I didn't go all the way. I fell on one knee. But I was out, bro. I was out. And when I was coming to, you know what I'm saying, he was like, Big Brooks, Big Brooks, I got you. I lit your ass up, then I beat Brooks. I'm like, bro, I'm oh, looking for you. I played, I played another year in Detroit, and I spent that whole year trying to find him, tracking him, and he would not let me get him, man. Till this day, man, I see him sometimes. I saw him with Tiki once. I played with Tiki one year, and Tiki said, "Hey, man, your brother's crackback." He said, "You know what, man? He was talking about you last month about that same thing." He said, "Hey, B Brooks, tell B Brooks." I said, "I still got him. I still got him." Like, "Hey, man, you wrong for that, man." Man, you we need to get you guys to just do a football story. Where can you get that type of story, man? No, where can you get nowhere. that type of story, Bow. fellas? Uh, last last questions because I think this is uh, some people have been asking a lot about the safeties too, and just from I think we've all been down there. And uh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to decide who's going to be that fourth safety on this squad. I think no not, question. Not you have. I think Terrence Brooks. Here, you guys, uh, uh, Terrence Brooks has looked. Terrence phenomenal. Brooks has yes. to be in the mix. Yes. I, I tell you, one of the things that's interesting with, with uh, Jim Schwartz when, when Corey Graham was first signed, and jo- Jim Schwartz spoke about this. He said they're going to get a lot more, use a lot more three safety uh, packages. Yes, and, and you saw that gradually work his way in and then next thing you know and you look at this depth chart right here who's backing up Rodney McLeod now and who's bumped to the back Corey Corey Graham is backing up McLeod now you got Jalen Watkins backing up uh, Corey Graham and I tell you the (laughs) thing that's interesting what what they're doing and you know, listen, man. You it showed in in the Bucks game. Not that gone. It showed in the Packers game, right? Where Jalen Watkins they they were in a, a cover two look. And well, not a cover two look. Uh, C.J. Smith knew he had help over top, right? And and Jeff Janis, a really good receiver out of uh, big um, receiver, Saginaw too. Yeah. Valley. Yep. Um, he ran a slant, and then he turned it up. And C.J. Smith bit on that slant, but the reason why he did that is because he knew he was supposed to have that safety help over top. Watkins didn't get there. How many times did we see that during the season? Come on, you, man. you look at exactly you, all the time, right? You, you look at the Roger Lewis touchdown. I think one of Odell's touchdowns. So here's the thing: as a defensive coordinator, you want a guy back there that you could trust. Corey Graham can be trusted. Corey Graham is a very intelligent football player. I sat at his locker for 15 minutes talking to him about the difference between Rex Ryan's uh, defense and. Jim Schwartz's defense, and he broke it down for me from a defensive lineman all the way outside to the corner to the safety. He know he knew it all. You know why, right? Because Rex Ryan 
Ryan's defenses don't make conceptual sense, man. They don't make sense at all. And everything's they changing. They void so whole areas. And then everybody's looking at you didn't No, that's what the defense called for. Coach Schwartz has a method to his madness. Rob Ryan had no method to it. It's like, all right, I'm just going to flood over here and I'm going to bring a blitz over here, and I hope it gets because if it doesn't get there, there's going to be people wide-ass open running around. Coach Schwartz not like that. So I understand what Corey's saying. Corey's like, well, hey, look, I understand. I got help over the top. Let me get my ass over the top. Let me sit here where I'm supposed to be. Don't bite on this because they're expecting somebody to be there. Yeah, yeah. Don't let your eyes fool you. Understand where you're supposed to be at. And if you're there... And you can make a play. But if you're not where you're supposed to be at, you let your mind play tricks on you, let your eyes see where you're not supposed to be seeing, look where you're not supposed to be going, that's when big plays happen. So mm-hmm. Watkins has been doing That's why I keep saying he has been my one of my biggest disappointments. He didn't step up. You know what I'm saying? They're yeah. going to get his ass up out of here. He, hey, look, he and Maricos are in trouble. Yeah. They're giving a three-safety look. You have, you have McLeod and Corey Graham over top, and you have Jenkins playing in the box. And, and that's that's working for them. No you, question. You know, yep. And then to back that up, you have Brooks and I tell you another guy to look, Dre Sullivan. Oh yes, yes sir. He's a wig splitter, man. He's, he, and, and he, he understand he he understands that. Look, I'm here on a whim and a prayer. Mm-hmm. I got to do something. Somebody can see me. And he he did that on, on against the Packers that big hit. But you have you have him. He's now inched into the into the uh, program also. He and Terrence Brooks, and you have Watkins down there. So it's going to be interesting how that works out. I don't see them keeping um, – I hate to say it because he's a great dude, but I don't see them t- keeping Maragos because one of the things that Corey Graham brings is he's a very well-experienced and willing – Play special teams? Special teams player. Yeah, yeah. PP specifically, the mm-hmm. personal protector on putt team. Yep. And he's willing to play gunner – you, you know, if need be. So I think that really kind of pushes uh, Maragos out. If you had to choose between Maragos and Watkins, I think Watkins is the choice. But I really think they're only going to keep four safeties. Yeah, I think that's right, too. And it's just kind of – it's interesting, though, like how we keep talking about all these different changes that happen on the defense. And to your point, because I, I think that they looked at the landscape of all that. They looked at the safeties, they looked at the corners, and Jim's like – this is not going to work. <laughs> yeah, right. You show up and say this isn't going to work. Can't I need this guy. I need this guy. I, I, need to go get I him. like you a lot. You my boy. We can go have drinks together. We'll have drinks together after the season because I'm about to let you go, bro. You got to keep. You gonna be in a hound. Cue up the Mike Singletary. Yeah, yeah. you can't win with him. Can't win with him. I want winners. Because <laughs> Barrett started saying that, I was like, oh man, that's why they made all those changes. Like, right. Yeah. You have to understand what's going on, man. And guys, if you keep on doing that, you're gonna be. They said. All the time. All right, son, keep on with that. You're going to be on the hound. These young guys don't know what the hound is, but the greyhound is that bus. You get you on that greyhound, get you up out of here. One-way ticket, babe. That's what they do, like to do in prison, give you $200, send you on your way with a ticket. That's exactly <laughs> what's going to happen, bro. That's exactly what's going to happen, man. First thing smoking. So, folks, <laughs> listen, this is what we do every week. I, I tell you, you're not going to get this anywhere. Just understand that, right? So we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, John, tell them about the Patreon also because, you know, that's a good thing as well. Absolutely. So uh, with bonus content and things like this, we're doing, uh, you know, bonus podcasts and behind-the-scenes stuff, pictures, videos, all that. You can be a part of the podcast as well uh, at patreon.com slash Radio, And uh, it helps us kind of do all these different daily stuff. So keep that going. And uh, if you like this podcast and all of our programming, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, tune in wherever you're listening to us. 
Five-star reviews go a very, very long way. Bleeding Green Nation, baby. Check us out.